This is the Daily Thunder Podcast. Welcome back. I'm your host, Ryan Woods, and we are back to talk about Oklahoma City losing tonight to Memphis at Memphis, 122-113. Before we get to the game, I'm here with Brandon Rabar. Before we get to the game, hope you're staying warm and safe and uh, things are going well for you um, wherever you're at, wherever you're listening from. Um, Brandon, how are you, man? I'm good, man. I uh, I am staying inside. I'm not battling this uh, snow apocalypse. Uh, no thanks. But yeah, it, it was a good night for uh, for the feature of the Thunder's draft picks. That's it for sure. Really, it really was. So Oklahoma City loses uh, 122-113 at Memphis. We'll get into the game here in just a minute. But just to update you, Oklahoma City is now 11 and 17. Uh, Miami loses, blows a 20-point lead, loses in overtime to Golden State. That is a double win if you're keeping track at home. Uh, Miami falls to 11 and 17. Miami played in the finals like four months ago. Uh, They're 11 and 17. Warriors go to 16 and 13. Um, The Magic get a win tonight. The Hawks get a win at Boston. Uh, The Rockets lose to Philly. They are also 11 and 17. So Rockets, Miami, and Oklahoma City. Hate the way I just said that. Houston, Miami, Oklahoma City, 11 and 17, all tied. Um, and then, well, Boston, or sorry, Detroit just about got a win over the Bulls tonight. Um, and then Washington beats Denver for Washington's third win in a row. They're up to nine and 17. So they're. They've just they've got the same amount of losses as Oklahoma City and just two more wins, um, and then Minnesota that would have really capped the night. They lose in overtime to Indiana, a very close game. But yeah, Brandon, why don't you take us through where Oklahoma City stands on uh, Tankathon, where the the draft picks stand, and how many they have right now? Yeah, so if the season were to end tonight, because there's a three way tie with them houston and miami they would end up with a 6 7 21 thanks to golden state uh 36 and 50 which would be an incredible haul in a historically deep draft especially the talent at the top now obviously you hope that that six or seven conveys to a top four pick one or both of those do and I think there's going to be a lot of uh, 405 918 and 580 area codes uh <laughs> going to tankathon.com over the next couple of days because yep. you can have some fun with it, seeing where the Thunder could end up drafting. But uh, things are setting up very, very well for the Thunder. Uh, I just wish the Rockets wasn't top four protected. But it's exciting that even in a worst-case scenario, that that Miami pick that's unprotected, that they're pick, picking up all these losses. Even if they do end up making the playoffs, it very well may be as an eight seed. So you know, that could end up being a 15 seed uh, or 15 overall pick, which would still be really, really nice in a worst case scenario that the Houston pick convey uh, doesn't convey. Yeah, for sure. And Houston's been without Christian Wood now for about a week, maybe a little more than a week, and they really struggle without him. They've um, they've taken some losses here in the last, uh, last seven to ten days, and if he's going to be out a while – they're going to continue to drop some games, more games than they win for sure. So I think that Houston pick 
as long as Christian Wood is out, I think that pick's going to get even better until it may become Houston's pick inside the top four. We'll have to keep an eye on that. Um, so let's get to tonight's game. Oklahoma City, first of all, travels day of because they weren't able to get out of Oklahoma City last night. Portland also. Um, Portland traveled to New Orleans today um, for their game. So Oklahoma City, there was a clip of them that, that played post game of them walking into the arena at 6.15 p.m. Um, so that would be I'm assuming that was central time. So, yeah, pretty close to game time, very abnormal, very out of their routine. Um, and I thought Oklahoma City played getting Shea back tonight, um, played a solid game, um, had great effort, all things considered, and um, and put up some numbers, and, and they just ran into a, a Grizzly team that just made a really, really good push there in the fourth quarter to separate themselves. Yeah, they really did. Uh, you you got to be happy with the Thunder's effort after a day in which they traveled and the plane landed an hour and a half before the game. I know anybody who's been on a plane, I mean, it takes a little bit out of you and, and to get off and to get all your stuff you know, prepared and ready to go. Not that they're checking in baggage and stuff like that. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it, it's still, it, it's it's a weird situation. And the Thunder media was trying their best to give the team excuses, both Coach Dagnold and Shea, Dort, Mike Muscala, everybody that talked at the postgame, and every single one of them was like, nope, no nope, excuses. It was weird, sure, different situation, never happened before, but, you know, that that wasn't the reason we lost. Uh, I like Mike Muscala said that Shea told the group before the game, hey, no excuses. Uh, we need to play to a certain standard. Let's play to that standard. And that said, the team played hard, and the team played pretty well. They didn't have Al Horford. George Hill is still gone. This is a team that's not supposed to be winning anyways. We've kind of been spoiled by how competitive and close they've been against top teams. So seeing a Grizzly team that's right around 500, uh, you know, maybe some fans expected a win or it to come down to a final shot again or overtime again like we've been spoiled by. But it was still a close competitive game until the last couple of minutes. And considering it was the second night of a back-to-back, traveling 20 minutes before the game without Al Horford, I think that you got to be happy with the Thunder's performance. Shea was uh, finished with 22 points, six assists, three rebounds, um, six of 14 from the floor, two of five from three. Um, went perfect from the free throw line. I thought he played really well. I thought he just looked very, um, very himself. Didn't look, uh, didn't look rusty. Didn't look like he was dragging at all. Uh, the knee looked fine. He he looked awesome. Yeah, that that's always my main takeaway. My first thing I look at. I don't look at win loss. I don't look at you know the box score overall as far as team stats. What I always look at is how did Shea do. That's like my main concern because you know he's the the future of the franchise. Him and then whoever. The Thunder ended up getting in the 2021 and 22 drafts. Uh, you know, so Shea played great, especially after a lot of time off. Like you said, he didn't look rusty. He scored uh, 20 efficient points, and and he he was Shea. You know, Shea is so predictable, but in a great way. Mm-hmm. He's never going to force shots. He's he's always going to make the right basketball plays. Probably going to score really efficiently, and he's just going to look solid doing it. Uh, the only question is, is he going to score 22 points or is he going to score 32 points? I mean, that's mm-hmm. 
pretty much the only question. Uh, and then I look at how did Dort do, how did Baisley do, how did Maladone do, how did Poku do? Oh, he's in the G League. Let me check the uh, blue box score. Uh, you know, because I'm concerned about, you know, the guys who are going to be here for the long haul. And then I may look at Al Horford and George Hill if they're playing to see their box score to see what their trade value looks like. No question. And speaking of Maladon, he played well. 14 points, five boards, two assists, two steals. He hit four of five from three. Like the, the three-pointer, more times than not, he's shooting really well yeah he came into uh the game shooting 35.3 percent now he's up at 37.8 percent that's great i mean that's you know that's considered a great shooter and here he is a rookie that got off to kind of a rough start and he keeps bumping that that shooting percentage up which is what you want to see he's scoring about eight points a game in a limited role He's playing 23 minutes per game. He's a 19-year-old rookie, taking number 34 overall. Half the time he's starting, half the time he's coming off the bench. Uh, I think overall, you got to be happy with with Teo Maladone's uh, performance so far this year, especially when you look at you know kind of the the performance he's had when he's playing with the starters because it's been much better than it has been with the bench. And he was great tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was. I was wanting some minutes for Maladon early in the season, more minutes with Shea, and now we're seeing pretty much all of his minutes come with Shea on the floor, um, and it's really exciting because he's he's such a great player, learning to play off the ball, learning to play on the ball. He's he's awesome. I've I've really enjoyed Teo so far. Um, they also got a really strong night from Baisley. We've seen him be inconsistent with the shot, but tonight he was solid. Shot fifty percent from the floor. 50% from three, hit four out of eight, um, was getting to his spots, had a couple easy ones that kind of went in and out, but I thought he was really solid tonight. 18.7 boards, two assists. Yeah, Baisley was great, uh, and that's what you want to see from Baisley. Like you said, he's been so inconsistent as far as the scoring efficiency goes. He's been scoring well. Uh, his last several games, 18-14, 18-7-9, 21, 13, 12, 18, 15, so he's been scoring the ball. The question is, how many shots does it take to get there? Right. Uh, tonight was one of those solid nights. A lot of it depends on his three-point shot, uh, and tonight his three-point shot was falling. If 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 Baisley could just settle into being around a 35% three-point shooter, and I think he's got it in him, even though he's only shooting 29% uh, on the season, if he could settle in as a 35% three-point shooter, because that's what he shot last season. Mm-hmm. Not 35% last season. He's 32% for his career. But that would make such a huge difference for him. His his numbers, his efficiency would look so much better. And he's a guy that I think his game's uh, better with confidence. The more confident he is, the better he plays. And when he sees a couple shots go down, he seems to be more aggressive, taking it to the basket as well. We saw that um, – Against the Bucks, he played really well, and he, and he had a nice stretch, kind of a flurry to finish the game against the Bucks. Uh, but he's a confidence guy. I, I was glad to see him do well tonight. That's what he needs. And Oklahoma City, I, I was thinking about it tonight. What would this, what would their record be? You know, in the last five to seven games, if they had somebody that could grab consistent rebounds and keep guys off the glass, another huge night on the glass for the opposing big. That was Alan Shunas. Uh, he had 22 points, 12 rebounds, and five of those 12 rebounds came on the offensive end. 
um, especially in that second half. They just had no answers for his rebounding. Yeah, he's a beast. I got to be honest, though, Ryan. I think if Al Horford would have played tonight, uh, this either would have been a win for the Thunder or it would have gone down to the wire. After Al Horford, the Thunder are just so undersized. I like Roby, but I'm still not sure if he's a five or not. We've talked about that. And he's going up against a guy that that's a beast down low. Like you said, I mean, he just gobbles up boards and he's so massive. The Thunder just don't have anybody co- to combat that. You can throw Muscala. You can try to play Baisley at the five. Uh, they just don't have the size to, to match up with him. So if Horford would have been there, I think this is a different game. So, you know, you can interpret that whether that's a bad thing or not. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking when I saw Horford come off the bench to, to you know, clap it up with the guys uh, after a timeout, Valanciunas had just scored. I was like, wow, he would have made quite the impact on on this game. Um, I thought Roby played well. Um, I still, you know, he's playing he's playing the fives probably somewhat new but he's getting to play in a ton of space and uh, he's getting he's getting to to handle the ball when when guys collapse in on on Shea tonight um, and that ball comes back out to him I think he makes you know solid choices he doesn't hesitate he doesn't look like he uh, doesn't really know what to do with the ball in space so I I continue to be excited and impressed with Roby yeah me too he scored 10 points tonight eight rebounds four assists. He's a good passer for a big two. He is, uh, you know, and he had a double double against the Trailblazers. I'm confident in Isaiah Roby's offensive game. I think he's skilled enough as a big to to cut out a real role in the NBA. The only question is the defensive side. And mm-hmm. honestly, he was considered a good defender coming out of college. I just don't think. He's got the size to go up against fives right now, and that's what the Thunder are doing just because they don't really have anybody else to do that when when Horford's gone. So right. one of his minutes going up against these guys that just outweigh him, that have a couple inches on him, if he was playing against fours or if he had some size on him, maybe that defensive side would be better. But he's got a nice offensive package. Awesome. And th- this last little stretch for the Thunder, he's faced bigs like Jokic and Lopez and Giannis and Cantor and – Valanciunas, these are guys that are just, they're a bit more traditional. And for a non-traditional big like Roby, it's just a handful, like you're saying. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Uh, But yeah, you can be excited about Isaiah Roby, though. He's kind of this diamond in the rough. He's just kind of this bonus gravy. Like, whatever he becomes, you know, the Thunder got him for Justin Patton last season. I mean... (laughs) And some cash considerations. I actually think that the Thunder got the cash considerations, if I remember right. So, I mean, yeah, this is whatever Isaiah Roby becomes. If he becomes, you know, a role player uh, that gets 15, 20 minutes off the bench for the Thunder for the next several years, that's fantastic value. And I think he would come with that. I really do. Yeah, definitely could see it. And then Mike Muscala, another just incredible night shooting the three. He was uh, – Five four nine fifty five and a half percent scored twenty one. Other than Shea was their was their highest leading score. He's just um, he's such such a release valve at that stretch stretch five position, and he's uh, he's showing his worth hitting three after three. I just don't know how there aren't going to be playoff teams contenders that won't line up to give the Thunder something for Mike Muscala. 
He's, he's too good as a backup center. He's too valuable as a stretch five. Uh, no, and his, his contract is nothing. And he's mm -hmm. expiring. If you're into that, I mean, there's, there is no reason why all these teams, especially a lot of teams are, have uh, lost their starting center or backup center for an extended amount of time. I just can't imagine some team won't, won't cough up something for Mike Muscal. I love having him here. He's great on the court and off the court, such a classy dude and a fun dude. Uh, but I got to imagine Presti is going to get some calls on him. And I was thinking about Muscala as somebody to throw into a, maybe if they find somebody they, that wants George Hill. Um, and maybe it's, let's say George Hill goes, they're, they're currently getting a, you know, top 14, you know, a lottery protected pick for George Hill. Let's say they throw Muscala in there and that protection goes down to maybe top eight, um, you know, top 10. He's somebody that can improve the asset coming back um, for Oklahoma City. Completely agree. Or if there's a team that's teetering on giving a first for George Hill, but Presty likes about where they're going to finish in the standings. Muscala is like the perfect sweetener. Like you mm -hmm. said, it can be for protections. It can be, I think obviously on his own, uh, he's not going to get back a first rounder. I think that on his own, he can get back a second rounder for sure. But Presty, I bet at this point, sure. He'll take second rounders. That's better than nothing. Uh, but he is interested in first rounders and young prospects. Uh, maybe you throw in Mike Muscala for a, as a sweetener to a Mo Bamba deal. Like if you're wanting to take her, uh, roll the dice on a, a former lottery guy who's underperformed, like he's just like a great sweetener. Totally. And another thing I was thinking was if they were to get, you know, just another first in this upcoming draft. Um, the potential of of having four four picks in the first round of this coming draft, I don't see you 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 may not have to dip into the well of pick of future picks to move up to where you want to get to if you've got four bites at the apple in the in the top twenty one twenty two. I mean, it would be unbelievable. Yeah, and you know if you have four picks, you. You have so many options. Let's say that you had, I'm just going to throw numbers out there. Let's just say that you had the four and the nine pick and you really wanted to move up to number two because you're in love with Mobley or Kaminga or whoever you want, you know, or you have the, you have the 21, maybe the, the four and the 21 will move you up to two, or maybe you got to use the nine and that, you know, there's just so many options. Presti used, a few different picks to move up to 17 to get Poku. This could be like the supercharged version of that if he wanted to. If he's in love with with a Kaminga or a Suggs or a Jalen Green or a Cade Cunningham, I mean, if he gets like the two and four, maybe that entices somebody to give up Cade Cunningham. I'm sure that would entice somebody to give up Cade Cunningham. That has to be enough, right? Yeah, two and would. four? It would. I'm just, I'm just like <laughs> spitballing like out loud, but yeah, it, you, you got to take that. I would actually be mad at Presti if he gave that up. I completely I like, agree. Yeah. He's going to say the same. Yeah. As much as I like Cade, I'm just saying you're going to have options and yeah, you're exactly uh, right. And I'd be surprised even though they already have two, potentially three first rounders in this draft, it's so stacked and, and the rebuild is kind of escalating pretty quickly, possibly with SGA's rise. Uh, and then whatever they get from this draft that maybe, you know, Presti wants another pick in this 
draft instead of pushing it back to 2022, 23, 24, 25, like he has all those other picks. Uh, it's fun to play with this tankathon, Ryan. I got to be honest, as we've been talking, I've kind of just been pressing simulate just to see what happens. Yeah. The last three, OKC got the number one and number eight pick, the number two and the number eight pick, and then the number three and the number seven pick. So, I mean, stop the count right now. Stop the count. That's exactly what I was about to say. <laughs> if, uh, if, if Thunder fans, if you're feeling down about these losses, telling you tankathon is your friend it is there for you uh yeah. go hit simulate lottery a few times you'll get pretty excited um it is it is super fun to think about there's this is a shortened 72 game season we're 28 games in we just have 44 to 44 more games to go and we could be looking at some uh, some really exciting times headed into the uh headed into the nba draft um anything else to sit out to you tonight i thought dort had another solid night. His three pointer looks um, looks much better. He didn't shoot it great tonight, but the ones that are going in look like the ones that went in when he was shooting it really hot. Um, I like the way he's moving off the ball. Love the way he's cutting and getting in the lane. Love how many times he's able to get to the free throw line per game. So um, yeah, I just I'm constantly encouraged by Dort. I don't know what his ceiling is anymore. Yeah. To me, Dort is separated from the pack. Coming into the season, we knew SGA was the guy. And then there was this pack of Dort, Baisley. We're kind of excited about Poku. Ooh, Maladon seems kind of like a steal. Hami has kind of been coming on this season and looking really good. So it's this, you know, whole pack of other guys. And Dort, to me, has completely separated himself. He's in as much of a tier on his own as SGA is in, like, tier one. SGA is all alone, I think. Thunder Young Core Dort has solidified himself as all alone in tier two above mm-hmm. Baisley, even Hami, as well as he's performed this season, as exciting as Maladone is. Dort's defense is for real. I mean, Thunder fans aren't the only ones saying it. He's number five in NBA.com's defensive player of the year ladder right now. Mm-hmm. And yet his his shot is on and off, but he hits threes. I mean, he may go one for seven tonight, but he's probably gonna go three for seven, his next time out. Then he might go one for six. Then he might go four for nine. He's going to keep shooting threes. And and I just don't think he's a bad shooter. I don't right. think he's a, a 40% shooter like he was playing with, you know, getting our hopes up earlier this season. <laughs> That's not going to happen. But if he settles into like this 33%, 34% shooting, plus getting to the rim, scoring about 13, 14 points a night on decent efficiency and playing defensive of the year, defensive player of the year, defense on the other end, that is a great player at 21 years old. That is fantastic. And he's going to get better. And there's probably somebody screaming like Ryan, he went one for seven from three. Yeah, I know. Um, It's, it's, it's more about the way that he's taking them and the way that they look. It just looks like the shot's going to come around. And like you're saying, they're, they're nice where they go in. They're nice where they, there were a few of them, um, they just don't. But I, I feel like he's shooting it with more confidence than he was shooting it, let's say, 10, 14 days ago. Yes. Yes, absolutely. He is. And and it does. It looks like a good shot. I mean, you, you watch – I don't. I hate to pick on him, but he's a net now with KD, so I can pick on him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Andre Robertson, you look at his shot and the mechanics of it, the release of it, the form of it. Then you look at Lou Dortz. And I mean, it's just a completely different deal as far as like how smooth it is, his release and all those things. So I I think there's this fear 
because of Dre and because of Tabo and because of even like Dion Waiters, that Thunder shooting guards, they're just not going to be able to shoot. Uh, I don't think we have to worry about Dort. He's not going to be a great shooter, but I think that he will be a solid enough shooter. Oh, yeah. And he just does so many more things. Robertson was a little more limited. So when he wasn't hitting the three, it was really tough to keep him out there at times. Um, but Dort just does so many more things on the offensive end to justify a one for seven night. Um, and on top of the of the elite defense that he's playing, um, Oklahoma City goes goes to Milwaukee on Friday night. Um, that one will be I'm I'm kind of interested to see that one because they played the way they played the Bucks uh, a few nights ago. I'm I'm curious if there's a a beatdown coming. Uh, for the 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 Bucks to get a little bit of revenge, what do you see coming from that game? Yeah, I I kind of expect the thing. Although at this point, I don't know if any team is going to beat down the Thunder anymore. I, I know that they had a couple big losses earlier in the season to the Lakers and the Pelicans, but then look what happened when the Thunder played those teams again. Mm-hmm. Uh, so obviously, talent discrepancy, anything can happen on any given night. Yeah, the Thunder can get beat down, but they just are so competitive, and they just don't lay down for anybody. That said, I expect the Bucks to win fairly convincingly. They, the Thunder stole one from them. I'm sure they think the Bucks have lost four in a row. They're going to be at home. Uh, they have too much pride and way too much talent. And if they get Drew Holiday back, I mean, come on. Uh, you know, Hey, just look at it as that's another uh, that's another lottery ball. If if Drew Holiday's back and the Bucks come out motivated because of the Thunder beating them last time, sounds like a Thunder win. <laughs> yeah, seriously, <laughs> for this season it really does. That's what I'm saying. I mean, you just with this you team, never know. There are no surprises yep. because they they just can't surprise us anymore. They just keep doing the unexpected. So I'm not yep. gonna be surprised anymore. Um, All right, we will wrap it there. Thanks for joining us, Thunder fans. We will be back uh, on Friday night after uh, Thunder Bucks. And, Brandon, thanks for joining. Absolutely, man. Have a good night, Ryan. All right, cheers. 